So obviously we're in a crap storm to say the least. And now we're getting information that the people that were elected, selected to represent you knew this large crap storm was coming. And what did they do? Did they warn you? Did they tell you to be prepared? No, they sold you out and got rich off of it. We're going to be talking about that plus a lot more. Of course, joined by Tim Pichote, that's going to be talking about all the latest news in the stock market. There's a lot of other crazy news developing with the Federal Reserve, but we're just going to get right into some of the latest updates here on this independent media organization that, of course, is a lot different than the mainstream media that is prioritizing their absolute social justice warrior ideology over common sense. As the New York Times just deleted the word Wuhan <laughs> from its coronavirus tracking map. I mean, this is just absolutely insane that, that during this insane time where, where, where all hands are on deck, where there's so much updates, I'm, I'm having a hard time updating everyone about what's happening. They prioritize this? I mean, you got to be freaking kidding me. And of course, if you go to New York Times, they have articles. You need to know this latest information about this, this, and this. And then you go on there. It's like, oh, you got to pay us if you want to see this again. Uh, and, then, and then we get scrutinized here as independent media. But that's a whole other story. Uh, but, but again, what we're in for is a long haul of this insanity as we've been telling you, as we've been warning you to be prepared. And obviously, with just more numbers going up of coronavirus, people testing positive for it. Of course, we're going to have more restrictions for from the government. And that's what we have today. As Donald Trump just announced that he will close the southern border between the United States and Mexico only for essential travel. Will people be able to go back and forth? But everything else, tourism, regular life has stopped. Uh, the New York Governor Como also announced that this is going to be going on for months, and he just, just decided to close all non-essential businesses, ordering 100% of workers to stay home. This, as of course, there's another article here that is showing, allegedly from a leaked U.S. government report, that this pandemic could last 18 months or longer, as of course, the government is not equipped as medical professionals are not equipped with the supplies to handle this, and they are even expecting multiple waves of this pandemic to uh, come. So yes, this is probably going to be lasting a very long time, especially the more people don't take this seriously. Again, we've been taking this seriously. We've been getting some flack because we have been warning people, but you look at our reporting from this, especially on the main We Are Change channel, we've been... Uh, Pretty dead on accurate, especially with our projections, especially with the way we've been seeing it. And the level of incompetency, the level of government fundling, the government of not taking this seriously, making mistakes, having red tape, standing in the way of helping people uh, is just troubling. Troubling to say the least, but signals of a worse time ahead. And there's no denying that as New York is now seen as the most drastic state to take orders with their limitations, as of course, there are a total of now 7,102 confirmed cases of the coronavirus. There's probably way more, as I know a lot of people in this city here with me that cannot get tested. California has followed with similar orders with their governor calling all 40 million citizens living there and non-citizens to stay home. 
And they are saying that they have the strictest lockdown as, as if there's kind of some kind of uh, measuring war between the states. It, it, it doesn't matter. But what, what does matter is, again, people getting their information out there, staying calm, being prepared and being ready for this. The State Department is also telling all Americans to come home immediately. And of course, many people are expecting a full total shutdown of all travel very soon. And that's, again, that's that's going to happen here, especially the more people don't take this seriously because the government is not taking it seriously. Some medical professionals aren't even taking this seriously. And again, I can't stress this enough. This is serious as new studies are coming in showing that 80% of coronavirus patients only get mild symptoms like a cough and a fever. Most recover quickly, but again, the infection is spread quickly. With those infections spreading quickly, more people get affected, and people who don't have the luxury of having a great immune system, don't have the luxury of having uh, you know, youth, who don't have the luxury of having the best health and wellness, well, they pay the ultimate consequences of it, and of course, that's gives government more of an excuse to intervene. Again, my main thing, my main thesis here is don't let the government intervene by being responsible for yourself. The more people get hurt, the more tragic of a situation, the more of an excuse government will have to come in and to have more uh, control of your life. We don't want that. We want responsibility. We're trying to push that. We've been telling you that from the very beginning. And yeah, I don't know what else to tell you from there. Now, let's get into this latest senator news, Tim, because this is this is pretty eye-opening. I mean, th there's now four senators. The news came out slowly. It was trickling in that one senator did this, then it was two, then it was three, then it was four. There's probably way more than four. But the news is that four senators specifically tied into the Senate Intelligence Committee meeting were at this meeting, were told, Ish is about to hit the fan. It's going to get really bad here. And what do they do instead of like preparing their districts and constituents and making sure there's actual medical supplies, which there's not enough of, what did they do? They sold millions of their stock. Uh, Tim, how does this work? I mean, what are the, give us the, the background information for anyone who's not into the, the whole uh, economic lingo. What just happened here? Yeah. So, I mean, and not only, I mean, you've also have to remember that not only were they not helping people out there telling them not to buy a mask and you don't, you don't, you only need like two days of food and don't panic. And so we had four senators who dumped a whole bunch of stock and let me go pull it up right here up on screen. So revealed four senators dumped millions in stocks while Capitol Hill was being briefed on the coronavirus threat. But before markets started tanking, Richard Byrd, head of the Senate Intelligence Committee, which was directly briefed on coronavirus, sold up to $1.7 million in stock between January and February. Diane Feinstein on the same committee sold up to $6 million in the same period. And I believe that her husband, like, like, uh, it was either her or uh, I forgot the other, or one of the other uh, California senators out there who, you know, basically their husband you know, goes in, buys all the different post offices and, and gets it for dirt cheap and then sells it back. All this, all this crazy insider stuff going on. Then we have, of course, Kelly Loeffler on the Senate Health Committee sold up to $3.1 million in stock starting on the day her committee was briefed by the CDC. How convenient. And then James Inhofe sold up to $400,000 in stocks, including real estate, all on January 27th. So yeah, we, I mean, there is stuff that's supposed to stop this. There was a stock act that we're reading right now on, on screen, and that stands for Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge Act. But if you actually kind of read into the entire bill, it sort of actually legalized it. So, you know, of course, it's one of those same typical type things where the bill does the opposite of what it's supposed to do. 
And then we have uh, an article where it says Senator Kelly Loeffler dumped millions of stock after coronavirus briefing. And uh, basically, you know, she was told, uh, you know, hey, you know, a lot of things are not going to be going very well. And then, you know, as you pointed out, instead of briefing people, she decided that the best thing to do would be run home, tell her stock advisor to go dump a bunch of stock. Now, she also did purchase some stock. And one of those stocks that she purchased, and here we go, one of Loeffler's two purchases was stock worth between $100,000 and $250,000 in Citrix a technology company that offers tele-networking software and which has seen a small bump in stock price uh, since she bought it. So it's sort of like a Zoom type technology or Skype technology. And, uh, you know, you know how, how crazy is that? Now, their defense is investment decisions are made by multiple third-party advisors with, without my or my husband's knowledge or consent. And so, I mean, that, that could be the case. I mean, I did go ahead and bought, you know, put options for my clients in, in January and, you know, my clients don't necessarily, I mean, they know what I'm doing, but I don't have, I have discretionary trading authority. So when it comes to, you know, could that potentially happen that it could happen, but you know, it's like, you know, on the same day and then you're buying the stock that would that, I mean, it's, you know, maybe she then told the advisor that. So who knows? Uh, you know, I've never really want to give these guys, you know, any benefit of the doubt when it comes to uh, this sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry, Tim. They're, they're criminals. They're mafiosos. This is one sign of a mafioso. I mean, all you have to do if you're you know, a member of, of Congress or a representative, you get information that's secret, that's supposed to be classified, that no one else is supposed to get. How are these people still allowed to have stocks? How are these people still allowed to trade? How are these people still allowed to make money? Because again, time and time again, this is not the first time that this happened. There's been senators and congressmen caught doing this and manipulating uh, the stocks. And again, all it has to do is you know, send a secret, you know, message to your trader, be like, Hey, make this move. This is happening here. And, and bada bing, bada boom. I mean, they, they get away with, which is just making money and, and saving their money. Meanwhile, everyone else doesn't have this luxury. Meanwhile, everyone else is, is suffering. And this just shows you just to the level of criminality, uh, uh, behavior that we're seeing from, um, our government. I mean, Diane Feinstein, six million dollars in stock i mean come on i mean I, I know these people are well established i know these people are very rich but there's too many coincidences here just to make this kind of an accident i definitely don't want to give these people any benefit of the doubt because again it's all just criminals uh you know running the hen house here to say the least and and talking about criminals running the hen house there's also a lot of interesting news happening with uh, the federal reserve as well right tim Oh, is there ever? And then we are pulling up on screen. There's some other articles uh, here, you know, talking about Diane Feinstein, but we'll, we'll do, that, do that for another time. But, you know, the Fed right now is embarking on a super dangerous mission where essentially, you know, they are in danger of potentially owning everything. And, you know, we had, you know, our forefathers were even saying things like, you know, if you ever allow a private central bank to issue the currency and credit of our nation, first by inflation, then by deflation, we're going to be homeless on the continent or forefathers conquered. What they meant by that is that these guys are going in there and they are, they are literally just buying up assets. So they, they never had that money to begin with. They're taking their keyboard, they're making digits out of thin air, and then they then use those digits and buy up real assets. So in this case, they're buying, they're, they're going to probably start buying, they're talking about buying actual corporations, uh, their, their stock. And so the, the largest, uh, you know, lien holder of, you know, of, you know, basically the hierarchy is someone that owns bonds. So essentially you're having the Federal Reserve coming in and, you know, basically I'm, I'm going to say nationalizing because it's, it's a private central bank, but they're coming in and starting to own everything. I mean, so I mean, just in the past week, we've seen such unprecedented actions. We've seen the, the reserve requirement as one of our listeners uh, pointed out the other day has been set down to zero. So banks don't even have to hold on to any of your money anymore. They, they don't have to pay you any interest. That's gone back down to 0%. They uh, are taking 
stock as collateral to then lending out against it. So essentially companies can then give them or banks can then give them stock, even though that stock loses a bunch of money, they get the cash. So in essence, uh, you know, it's an end run around buying stock. But you know, has this helped out the stock market? Let's take a look. We've got it here up on screen. The median US stock is now down 50% from its highs as world loses 25 trillion in a month. So it's important to distinguish, you know, average and median. And a lot of times what we talk about is we talk about, you know, what the Dow Jones is doing. And so today the Dow Jones is hovering right around 20,000. It's just underneath it, 19,978. So down uh, about 110 points for the day. So all this stuff, you know, to try to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, isn't really even working. And, you know, and, and as one of your points, you know, out before you had mentioned that, uh, People are calling this a Chinese virus. Well, Kyle Bass is a pretty famous wealth manager. And of course, you know, instead of talking about you know, the, the brilliant uh, investing points he's talking about, they're talking about the fact that he said Chinese virus on CNBC, as opposed to saying that uh, you know, now is a, a good time to come in if you've got some value stocks. Because what's happened the past several years is that no one cared about value stocks. They were all just throwing money at you know, whatever the, the highest you know, high flyers are. And speaking of high flyers, we have on screen, U.S. airlines spent 96% of free cash flow on buybacks. And so what, well, this is actually really crazy. So the, the biggest U.S. airline spent 96% of, of free cash flow. Basically, that's extra money coming in. So you know, let's say you're a household and you have an extra thousand bucks coming in and you go and use that to, you know, let's say if you, if you were a stock, you'd go and buy up your own stock. But you know, no one would do that in real life. But anyways, if you are the airlines, particularly American Airlines Group, which is not shown in the chart, but it, if it is included in these overall figures, they led the pack with a negative cumulative free cash flow during the decade while it repurchased more than 12.5 billion of its shares. United Airlines Holdings used 80% of its free cash flow on buybacks while the S&P 500 index as a whole allocated about 50% for the purpose. As the industry reels under the weight of coronavirus outbreak, corporate leaders are seeking federal assistance to ease the burden. So these buybacks, is, as, I've, as I've mentioned a few times before, what they're doing is, let's say you used to have a million shares outstanding, use your money to then buy back shares. Now you have 900,000 shares outstanding. Even if you make the same amount of money, uh, let's say you make a million dollars, you've got a million shares, you're, you're earning uh, you know, $1 per share. Now you buy back 10% of your shares. Well, now you're earning $1.10 per share, which then increases your, your share price, all things, all things considered equal. And then these big CEOs, uh, most of their compensation has to deal with stock options and then they get really rich and then so did the hedge funds and all the other people that bought into them. And meanwhile, the people continue to keep getting screwed and we're the ones who have to deal with all of this uh, socialism. But what's going on now? Where's, you know, yeah, AOC is complaining about, uh, about this and rightly so, but where is she talking about, uh, you know, the fact that this is actual fascism? This is actual, I mean, whether you want to call this fascism or socialism, when, when you have the government, you know, coming in and, the, and we've got the treasury talking about buying, uh, buying stock as well. So let me try to find, find that article. But uh, yeah, here, here we got on screen right now. And this is just, just way too much information to take in. And we've got Bernanke and Yellen, of course, I like to refer to him as Osama Ben Bernanke, but we've got Bernanke and Yellen suggest Fed should start moving to buy corporate debt. So that is, uh, I mean, I guess technically it's not fascism, fascism because it's not the actual, uh, they're not part of the government technically. So, you know, but anyways, whether it's fascism or socialism or whatever one of these isms, it's, it all boils down to a small amount of people controlling everybody. But here's the article I wanted to reference. Trump gives nod to, to no buyback contingency for bailed out companies. President Trump gave a nod to U.S. taking an equity stake in companies which received coronavirus-related taxpayer bailouts with the condition that they be prohibited 
from conducting stock buybacks or increasing executive bonuses. We don't want that, Trump said during today's briefing. Some companies, as you know, did stock buybacks. It's very hard to tell them not to, but I would tell them not to. And so Trump goes on to say, uh, you know, he's fine with aid conditions on buybacks and bonuses. He doesn't want virus aid to go to stock buybacks and bonuses. Doesn't want uh, to pick winners and losers. Uh, you know, usually they only pick losers. And then uh, Trump supports U.S. taking equity stake in companies, aka the Treasury. Uh, you know, it's going to start owning stocks. And then, you know, as part of this, you know, stimulus program, they're also, you know, uh, sort of finalized what's going to be going on underneath these uh, checks sending out to people. So McConnell proposes $1,200 per person, $2,400 per couple under U.S. Uh, coronavirus relief package. And as we go on uh, over here, I believe there was some limits. And actually, maybe this article doesn't go on to say that, but I believe yeah, what it was going to be is uh, uh, if you didn't have any federal tax liability, it was going to be $600. If you did have federal tax liability, it was going to be, uh, I believe it was $1,200 per person and then another $500 per child. And then there were some limits. And then uh, I believe if you make more than, uh, it was somewhere between 75000 and 99000 as an individual, you're phased out. And then if, as a couple, if you make between one fifty and uh, I think 195,000-ish, you're going to be phased out as well. But you know, there, a lot of these details are still rolling in. They, they're constantly changing. And so you know, we are you know, going to keep you up to date on this as, as things change. But you know, one of the changing things is Bank of America says the recession is already here. Jobs will be lost. Wealth will be destroyed. Somebody better let Steve Mnuchin uh, know that, you know, because here we have, you know, half the, you know, the median stock price is down 50%, just an absolute bloodbath going on. Uh, you know, another article here from Vanity Fair, all hell is about to break loose. Could Wall Street's coronavirus tsunami get worse? And here's the thing is there was a gigantic, gigantic bubble on a ton of different fronts, and this was going to blow up no matter what. And so eventually, you know, this was a gigantic pin to pop a gigantic bubble and this only needed a little pin to pop. And maybe if it was a little pin, maybe they could put Humpty Dumpty back together again on all this. But this was such a big pin, Luke, that I don't think there's really anything they can do to stop this. And one of the things they're, they're doing, and who knows if it is to stop this, but the New York Stock Exchange kicked humans out moving temporarily to fully electronic trading. Now, I mean, it basically is already fully electronic anyways. Uh, and so here they say, you know, to go fully electronic trading beginning on Monday, March 23rd. The decision to temporarily close the trading floors represents a precautionary step. New York Stock Exchange trading floors to provide unique value to issuers and investors, but our markets are fully capable of operating in an all-electronic fashion to serve all participants, and we will proceed in that manner until we can reopen our trading floors to our members, uh, said Stacey Cunningham, president of the New York Stock Exchange. And then, uh, you know, it was a historic day yesterday. Fed to buy a record $107 billion in securities today alone as the Fed balance sheet explodes. And there we see on screen just like that hockey stick J-curve. And, and this is, in my opinion, only the very beginning of this. Now, QE2, I think, was only like $84 billion. So literally yesterday, we launched more than what QE2 was in, uh, in, in all of totality. And I also, we did a, a thing yesterday where we talked about the 60-40 portfolio. So 60% stocks, 40% bonds. It's supposed to weather the storm during these types of crises. And uh, two days ago, it moved. It was a negative 15% move, which that was the largest in, in history. And we said that that was eight standard deviations away. And I didn't have the math at the time. Well, Wikipedia only goes out to seven standard deviations. And that was a once in over a billion year chance of something happening. And it gave a long equation to figure out what the one for eight is. So I don't have the time to figure that one out. But if someone wanted to drop it down in the comments of uh, how many billions of years we would need uh, to see that one, I think that would be 
uh, really great. And then uh, the last thing I want to point out here is this came from uh, actually one of my clients who is an accountant sent me this from the Wall Street Journal today. And it's FDIC chairman asked for accounting policy changes due to coronavirus. And so uh, you've got the FDIC Insurance Corp on Thursday urged an accounting rule rule maker to make delays or exceptions to certain accounting rules to help financial institutions tackle the fallout from the coronavirus. And so they're going to give large public lenders the option, aka the banks, to defer implementing a new rule on expected future credit losses. And this is how the Federal Reserve operates as well. I mean, they, you know, they made themselves, they technically can't go bankrupt. But if you have a bank that can just issue money out of thin air, and now the banks don't even have to hold on to your money. So the Federal Reserve issues money out of thin air. They're buying up corporations. They're probably going to start buying up the actual stocks. And by corporations, I mean their debt. And so, you know, they're going to, there's actually talks of them, how they're going to start buying muni, municipal bonds as well. And, and I don't see how this is going to, how this is going to end well. Uh, you know, and this is, you know, the road to fascism right now. And for me, it's not about the coronavirus. It's about all the other crap they're sticking in here. And to me, this is, uh, you know, one of the most important issues in the world. And it's something a lot of people are overlooking. And, uh, you know, it's just imp- important that we keep exposing this, Luke. Yeah, I mean, whenever you see a major financial crisis, you usually see an exponential boom in kind of radical ideologies afterwards. That's exactly what you saw during the Great Depression and other kind of major economic crises that happened. Uh, Really good information. And again, just to remind people, what the Fed's doing, they're doing emergency moves right now. I mean, they're ramping up their, their bond buying, but they're indicating even a larger purchase. They're indicating more direct involvement here. And I have to you know, call out some of the, the kind of right-wingers here that for them, the word socialism was this big boogeyman. Like they heard socialism. Oh, that, was their, that was their big war crime. Socialism, that. I mean, what do you think is happening now? Uh, and then with AOC that you brought up here, she was recently you know, talking about how horrible it is for the airlines to be buying back their own stocks and be asking for a bailout without selling their stocks. If AOC, I believe this, if AOC had a proper sit down and, and told about what the Federal Reserve was doing, she, she would, she would uh, lay an egg. She, she, her mind would blow up. She'd go crazy. I hope so. But or she would just be a pandering politician and not care and just kind of push this thing. But it, hopeful thinking. <laughs> uh, that's it from there. Uh, Tim, anything else you want to say or, or should we just uh, start working on the next video? No, I think we should. I think we should wrap it up. But uh, yeah, just so much crazy stuff going on. Yeah. And it's not going to stop. Crazy is the new normal. Stay tuned for more as we break it down for you here on Change the News channel. So there's already troops on the streets all throughout the United States as governments are ordering their citizens to stay at home as, of course, the coronavirus is only spreading everywhere else, spreading a lot of fear, spreading a lot of panic, and as we've been saying, is also having a tremendous effect on the economy as right now the Dow plunged 900 points to end the week. And as me and Tipeshit was just telling you recently, just this week, We told you this reckoning economically that was put forward by very irrational moves was pretty much worse than 2008. Now we have a zero hedge article saying, quote, stocks suffer worst week since Lehman 2008 crisis, despite biggest Fed bailout ever. There's some even comparing it to the Great Depression. Tim, you've been making these calls. You've been pretty accurate uh, as of late, especially this week, this week with everything that's been happening. Do you see this just as bad as the Great Depression? How do you see it? 
Well, in some regards, I mean, it could even be it could, the ultimate end game of this could be even worse. Because if you think about it, during the Great Depression, you you know, it was, it was still a pretty you know agrarian uh, society. Uh, already go, already recording. Uh, you know, everything right. wasn't in this just-in-time system that we have right, right now. And so, you know, a lot of like what's right. keeping really everything together right now is the fact you still have the trucks that are still driving, and you know, obviously, a lot of people are not prepared for this. They didn't take things seriously. This Luckily, would be great you know, B-roll, by the, the way. <laughs> listeners uh, of us who have taken things seriously, and and we really you know do appreciate that there's the people. Who, who have you know heeded that advice ahead of time so this this time when you've got so much of society especially the millennials and you know we're millennials you know technically which i don't like to admit that but uh you know don't don't blame me for, for what they're doing but you know a lot of us don't know how to fix anything you know there's no way we could you know you know especially a lot of the social justice warriors you know couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag so you yeah. know this time we've got all these different ninnies who are out there there's no way that they can really survive on their own and so if- yeah how are they going to hunt or farm <laughs> all right Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, maybe they can do it with their bare hands too because, they, you know, of course, you know, no one can have guns. They want to take all that stuff away too. And so I see this in many ways that this could, you know, end up potentially even being even worse. Now, I guess what's, you know, keeping everything afloat right now is you know, still got the EBT cards flowing. You've got, you know, Trump sending out, you know, uh, you know about $3,000 to every family of four roughly, uh, give or take. So, you know, it is... A crazy, crazy situation going on right now. And what we're looking at right now on the screen, I'll pull this up right this second, is the crash of 2020 is now worse than the Great Depression. And to start taking a look at this decline, it hasn't, we haven't fully hit where we were in 1987 yet, but you know, we're definitely on our way there. I mean, you just read that we are down another 900 points today. And what's, what's uh, shocking about this is this is despite the biggest Fed bailout ever. Now, we did cover in a previous video that there was more quantitative easing done yesterday than all of QE2 combined. So that's just a staggering, 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 uh, you know, statistics over there. And but this is so much bigger than just what when what happened during Lehman, because this is bubbles on top of bubbles on top of bubbles on top of bubbles. And this was, you know, pretty much one of the biggest pins of all, which, you know, sort of, you know, makes you wonder how much of this was, you know, planned, but it certainly is the greatest excuse ever or maybe it's a, a dry run for something else. But, you know, I don't really want to get into that speculation now. But we do, we, we've also been seeing there's a, a big clearing firm, Ronin Capital, and they are unable to meet their capital requirements. And the source is from the CME group. And, you know, what it looks like is that that was sort of the trigger for today's big sell-off uh, towards the end of the market. The market wasn't doing too bad most of the day. It was, you know, down about, you know, 100 or might have even up a tiny bit. Uh, but it certainly closed terribly. We have Ford suspends dividends, draws down $15 billion line of credit. You know, we just mentioned, you know, a few days ago that Boeing took their entire uh, line of credit. Uh, I, I forgot the exact dollar amount that they had. But yeah, you're seeing even the credit default swaps on, on Ford, which is basically, you know, the odds of them going bankrupt have absolutely uh, skyrocketed. And then, uh, and here's an absolutely stunning one here. Bank of England's Bailey to print unlimited money and tells short sellers just stop. Now, this also, so speaking to journalists on a, on a conference call quoted by the Financial Times, Bailey said central bank is prepared to pump liquidity into markets via its new commercial paper facility. He said this would limit economic drag produced by the virus crisis. And what really gets me about this is all they're really trying to do is to boost asset prices, which perfectly ties into the next article, the global repricing of assets can't be stopped. And so... What I think is eventually going to happen, and let me just read a little bit of this here, the financial elites are pushing a narrative that asset prices, sales, and profits will all return to normal 2020 levels as soon as the COVID-19 pandemic fades. 
get real, baby. Nothing is going back to January 2020 levels rather than the V-shaped recovery expected by Goldman Sachs at L. And we you know, talked about earlier how Goldman Sachs, uh, well, apparently they, they also are giving their CEO a big, uh, a big raise. So here we, we see that he gets DJ Sal, uh, also known as CEO David Salman, got a 20% raise to $27.5 million. And the reason I made that uh, DJ Sal comment is because Yes, when he's not doing uh, his normal uh, Goldman Sachs CEO uh, duties, he also is a DJ where he's played at a lot of big clubs and was playing for you know Super Bar- Super Super Bowl after parties and such. And so, to me, that's just that's just like the humanizing of you know the big you know octopus global squid that tries to get everything. But now with oh, it's just a nice, just like Warren Buffett. Oh, he's just a nice guy eating an ice cream cone along with along with Bill Gates. And, and so it reminds me of oh, he's just a nice guy who's spinning the beats and. And, you know, how can somebody like this ever, uh, you know, not be trusted? And, and, and it just reeks of this whole PR to me, Luke. I don't, I don't yeah. know what you think about that. Well, he, he's just the front man for the global uh, international banking cabal that, of course, got away Scott clean with the huge crisis that happened in 2008. And, of course, what happened in 2008? The banks were very irresponsible. They, in, uh, be, on some accounts, created the crisis uh, based off their just greed. And what did they do afterwards? They, they rewarded themselves. They gave themselves bonuses. So, so Goldman Sachs already headed the curve, already giving themselves bonuses already, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. And again, this man is just a front person. When you look at the revolving door that happens between Goldman Sachs executives and the White House and the U.S. government, man, that revolving door moves fast. Donald Trump promised to drain the swamp. Well, he just made it a whole bunch nastier by appointing a whole bunch of Goldman Sachs people. So it shouldn't surprise people that there are these kind of drastic, huge moves that pump more of our money, robbing America blind to these very individuals who make those same policies. I mean, duh. I mean, that, that's exactly what's going to happen here. I mean, uh, looking at some of the comments that you said about the Great Depression, I've been looking into the Great Depression. There's a lot of parallels. I mean, especially during uh, you know the Great Depression, in the 1920s, where of course uh, there was a bubble, there was a speculation, there was market manipulation. We have we have all of that, but on huger, <laughs> more increased steroid levels. Uh, it's also important to note that the Great Depression wasn't just uh, you know because of the stock market crash. There was a lot of other correlating events, and the, the Great Depression didn't automatically happen right after the stock market crash. It was a series of events that happened that of course led up to it. But again, everyone was buying with money that they didn't have. Everyone was playing around with phony money, and and in one year. of the stocks before the Great Depression was bought with borrowed money. And now we're, you know, living in a time and place where the, the, you know, the central banks are just like zero, 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 zero on a keyboard. And they're like, yeah, that's it. Here's your money. Ultimately, the same thing happened. And, and, and there's many different parallels. There were many different bankers during the Great Depression that tried to pump money into the market uh, to the tune of $250 million to restore confidence. Well, that didn't work at all. Everyone was waiting for everything to be fine. And then you sent me this graphic with the kind of trading lines in the red compared to all the other declines in the market throughout American history. And uh, it, it, it doesn't boost any confidence. Uh, it doesn't boost any confidence at all, to say the least. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen here, but uh, of course, the governments are, are reacting very strongly. And I think it's worth considering some of the reactions. Here in the United States, we just, punt, we just you know, biggest bailouts ever. Who's going to really benefit off of that? You know, it's, it's like a sinking black hole that's just, just taking all of it and there's absolutely no effects and consequences because of that. Other governments are taking more 
socialistic actions even more than the United States with uh, the government in the UK promising to pay up to 80% of workers' wages. Yes, in the UK, that's what they're promising. El Salvador has canceled all rent, water, bills, phone bills, internet bills, electricity bills for three months, and they're building a hospital just in case if there is a major outbreak in their country. And that's a third world country. You compare that to what's happening here, it's, 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 it's a lot different. Uh, but at least, at least, uh, uh, Tim, uh, at least tax uh, day is moved from April 15th to July 15th. At least we have that. But I think the better move, instead of giving everyone $1,000, is to not steal $1,000 from them in the first place. But that's just my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. They've also suspended the payroll. Uh, so it's funny, this is the first time I've actually like done like a legit payroll and doing all this stuff. And now they don't even have to have a payroll, which I'm glad. You know, so that, that helps me out. Now they've suspended it, which means I'm just gonna have to double up on it, you know, later, triple, quadruple up on it later on in the year, but certainly helps. But you know, some of the things that are going on now that weren't going on and weren't invented during the Great Depression is, you know, we have derivatives now, credit default swaps, uh, we have uh, collateralized loan ob obligations, all sorts of crap that's going on now that we didn't have back then that then further, further exacerbates and helps intertwine everything. We also have index funds and I use index funds a lot and there's nothing necessarily wrong with index funds. But however, what happens and let me just back up and explain what an index fund is because I forget that not everybody is a financial geek. And so an index fund is, you know, instead of buying a stock like, uh, like and I'm just mentioning this, you know, not financial advice like, like Apple or Boeing or Amazon or Facebook. And uh, and I'm just looking at actually tabs I've opened up over here with the names on them. So, uh, so what happens is instead of just buying those companies, you might just buy every company in the S&P 500. And so what's going on now is that a lot of investing is just being done through that. Whereas in 2008, that was a relatively small percentage. And I don't have the exact numbers, but maybe it was about 10% back then. And it's probably closer to 50% now. And so with all this indiscriminate buying and selling, which is mainly just buying, now when you're seeing people who are going to start selling, that's going to create a much greater pressure to then, um, to the, to then, you know, exacerbate how quickly these, uh, these market sells occur. And that's exactly what we've, we've been seeing. Now I do remember that there was an article or uh, a speech that, and I think it was uh, Osama Ben Bernanke who gave this where I think it was called something along the lines of, yes, we caused it. And it was a whole paper that Ben Bernanke did in regards to how the federal reserve's actions actually greatly exacerbated what was going on and actually literally caused the great depression. It had to do with different, uh, you know, repricing of gold and other things that were going on and trying to give gold to England and gets into World War One and World War Two. Lots of, I, I'm not necessarily, I don't have necessarily all that information off the top of my head. I have to go back to research it. We'll, we'll try to get John Snyson on who is an absolute expert in that. But, uh, you know, at one point or another, I knew all this stuff. Maybe I'll go back and skim the chapter for all the president's bankers or maybe we, maybe we try to get Nomi Prinz on because I know she's an expert in, uh, in that subject as well. But when you mentioned the Great Depression, the Great Depression was caused by government overreach would then drastically you know, lengthen the amount of time it happened. Now, there was something even bigger than the Great Depression from a stock market standpoint, and that was called the Panic of 1907, which basically led to us getting the Federal Reserve to begin with. Because what happened was JP Morgan, or I may have even met his dad at the time, he was pissed that during the panic of 1907 that he had to personally come in and help backstop the banks. And so it was like, oh, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had this system, the Federal Reserve System, which that wasn't the first iteration. I mean, that's a whole big story that I could go on for like two hours on. But anyways, when it, when it gets to the panic of 1907, no one ever heard about it because it was a gigantic down. And then you know it cleared out all the excess. They didn't go bailing people out. And then, uh, and then it you know, they got rid of, you know, all these companies, zombie companies that shouldn't have existed. And then the market then skyrocketed back up. 
most people have never heard of the panic in 1907. Why? Because there wasn't a government intervention into what was going on. There wasn't even a Federal Reserve then. Now what the Federal Reserve has done in an effort to smooth things out, they've greatly exacerbated these bubbles, making it much, much worse on, uh, on the way up and on the way down, especially on the way down. And uh, you know, take a look at how long it took to get the country out of the Great Depression. It's because of all the government intervention. You know, everyone wants to you know, tout and give FDR such a you know, pat on the back for a great job he did. Well, it was his, it was his actions that then led to having the Great Depression take as long as it did. You know, but you know, of course, the history books are written by the winners and all we're taught in school is, you know, we need war to get us out of a depression. And, and who knows? That's probably what's coming because a lot of times these currency wars and trade wars, like, uh, you know, will lead to hot wars. And that's something that Gerald Salente and yeah. like Jim Rickards have, have said. So I don't want to take credit for that one. Yeah, I mean, every time you see the result of like major economic downturn, there's always an increase in radical ideologies, whether it's socialism or fascism. I mean, that's what we had after the, of course, the first Great Depression, uh, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to see how everything's gonna unfold. Uh, also, this is the, just the latest news coming in now. The White House is actually bringing back one of their economic advisors right now, who specifically warned that the coronavirus could spark another Great Depression. Again, this is a former advisor. The White House is just bringing them now. Uh, and um, again, this could be one of the biggest contractions ever. We should prepare for it. We should be ready. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, this is just going to be, I'm talking to some you know, you know, friends and family members, and they're like, yeah, everything's going to be fine in like a week or two, right? I'm like, wow, you don't really understand just one, just how inadequate the response has been to this. Some people are just not trying to believe it. They're like, oh, this is all overhyped. This is all crazy. I mean, again, immune compromised older people don't have the benefit of that luxury. And I think it's better to have some precautions. And the more precautions, the more responsibility, the more we could watch out for the bad things coming in life, the more we could be prepared for them, the better. This is what I've always been preaching. And that's why I will continue to preach. So anything's possible here. But right now, all projections are looking bad, in my opinion. That's how I see it. Anything else you want to say on this specific topic? And uh, do you agree with my projections? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it, is, it, is not, it is not the coronavirus that I'm worried about. It's the government overreach and actions is what I'm worried about. I think this could be a financial 9-11, if not even way worse. Uh, I think it's going to be way worse than 2008. Maybe they can, you know, somehow pull a rabbit out of their hat and get this, you know, all going again. And, and you got to make a distinction between the stock market and the economy. So there's no way they're going to get them both back. Maybe they can juice the stock market up and be like Venezuela where it goes to, you know, the Dow could be at millions because we print all this fake phony money. But uh, imagine all the stuff Trump has been able to do right now. I mean, he's been able to, and I mean this in a bad sense. So, I mean, if, I mean, I almost wish Hillary would won. And I can't even believe I'm even saying that. But the reason I'm saying that is because now, I mean, just look at all the, you know, the big, I mean, it's almost like Bernie Sanders is in there right now, you know, taking over all these industries and we're going to start taking stock and we're going to start bailing this out. And, and it's like, like he's Oprah over there, like, and you get a bailout and you get a bailout and you get a bailout and you get a bailout. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and yeah, Epstein didn't kill himself because he was friends with Oprah as well. But, you know, take a look at there's something called this does not get a lot of play. It's called the Schiller P.E. ratio What the Schiller P.E. ratio is and probably got to back up and actually explain what a P.E. ratio is. So a P.E. ratio stands for uh, price over earnings. So the long story short on this is the higher the P.E. ratio, the quote unquote more expensive a stock is. And where, what's also important with this is when the when these P.E. ratios are in their top quintile of being expensive. So I don't know if expensiveness is a word, but what this shows over here, and I've been talking about this for years is, and maybe that's a, you know, a, a downside of what I've been talking about is that 
when, when the PE ratio is in the top 20 percentile of being expensive, the forward 10-year return on average has only been 4.3%. Now, what I've been telling people for years is that what this could look like is, you know, hey, you're making a ton of money, ton of money, ton of money, and then boom, all of a sudden, you know, three years worth of gains are wiped out in three weeks. And then who knows, another two weeks, maybe we could have five or six years of gains wiped out. And so over a 10-year time period, that could equal that 4.3%. But it's been something that's been on my mind the entire time, which is why once we started getting to these bubble levels, I started running different types of strategies for my own clients personally. And then, you know, it's, it worked out, uh, it's worked out beautifully now, but you know, I just wish more people would heed these warnings because what they see is that, you know, everything always works into the day it doesn't. And everyone thinks you're going to have their finger on the trigger to be able to pull that at the perfect time. And what we saw is this happened so quickly, so fast. It was exacerbated by the things I just mentioned in terms of index funds, having, you know, all the credit default swaps, derivatives, massive manipulation that wasn't, uh, that's even uh, at levels that even are blowing me away right now. And believe me, I, I had, uh, about as low expectations as possible for what's coming. And so the pace and severity of this has, I mean, and the Fed does not like Donald Trump. However, they even have to have to have all these bullets ready and, and they've got very few bullets left. I think people are starting to realize that people are starting to realize that they've been wrong the entire time. They caused 2008. They caused what's going on now. And then the response to this might, you know, who knows if this whole thing blows up and gets another big bubble, they're going to go cause that one too. So I don't think it's going to be a V-shaped recovery. I don't think people that's just going to blow over. Oh, and as soon as the coronavirus is done, then, you know, it's going to be, you know, all back to normal. I don't think that's the case. And, uh, you know, I hope it's the case. I hope it's not, you know, people out there starving, but I'm much more worried about the economic fallouts and the millions of people that could die as a result of the economic fallouts. And that's why this is so important because I don't want my kids, I don't want your kids, uh, you know, to end up being prostitutes like they're doing in Venezuela because, and I saw a commenter, you know, last time I mentioned that comment, like, oh, well, that won't happen because we have guns here. What happens? Okay, good. You got guns, but do you have any food? Okay, maybe you can use your guns to get food from other people, but, you know, it comes down to a point where you know, not everyone's going to go around killing everybody and, you know, and it does resort to things that I just mentioned. And I don't want that to yeah. happen, which is why I'm so passionate about this. And uh, you know, it's, it's just a whole mess we have, Luke. Venezuelans have a lot of guns too, even though it's a gun-free country. Uh, Mexico, also, gun-free country. A lot of people have a lot of guns. A lot of people don't, we don't want that kind of chaos here. We don't really want to go to that argument. We want to, of course, heed the warnings and make sure people don't act emotional and, and then get all the facts, get all the news, but don't panic, don't fear, but also just look at everything that's happening and make the smartest, wisest decision for yourself. That's my take on it. Interrupt me unless you have something else to say, Tim. Uh, other than that, uh, thank you guys so much for watching our channel. Stay tuned for more here on Change the News channel. Boom. So, uh, we're ready to go. We're already recording. All right. You, all right. You're not saying anything needs. Yes. All right. This would be great B-roll too, by the way. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs>